Good morning. I guess we're supposed to start on time. I don't know exactly how long this is going to take because um, we're going to entertain questions after, uh, according to what they would like to have us do after uh, the presentation. But I will try to answer as many of those as we go along and then um, we'll be able to, uh, most of the time when I lecture, um, there are very few questions at the end, but this is such an exhaustive <laughs> kind of thing that um, you'll, you'll find that I'm going to be stretched to really cover it. So I am going to cover it as best I can, and um, I hope that we'll answer as much as I can do in that amount of time without uh, feel you feeling cheated and not giving you enough uh, information. Um, my good friend Darren Greenfield, has been so kind to, to uh, help us. Somebody from Miami, Florida, but I can't talk. <laughs> um, oh, thank you very much. I was just going to say that uh, we, have, we have fruit that I brought so you can see uh, quite a few of the things that are uh, we are going to be talking about. That's cocktail grapefruit. This is a Satsuma mandarin. This is a pixie mandarin. This is a Lisbon lemon. This is another Pixie Mandarin, showing you how variable they can be. This is what's called Buddha's hand. <sighs> I don't have another type of citron, but I do have a second Buddha's hand. There is, there is somebody that has spoken to me about getting one. <laughs> <laughs> one of these. I don't know if I see her here, but she will get it anyway. Uh, this is um, this is a Fukushu kumquat. This is uh, a navel orange. It's called a summer navel orange. This is a uh, tangelo. Actually, I should be reversing a lot of this stuff as far as temperature is concerned. But uh, these are called Indio Mandarin Quats. It's a hybrid. Uh, this is a Tango Mandarin. And this is a beauty 
It's, it's one of the uh, grapefruits. It is a cross between a regular grapefruit and um, um, a pomelo. Pomelos, you can, you can spell pomelo five different ways <laughs> and be right. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, and you can spell it another way that's entirely different. Uh, it's also called a shaddock. Um, the explorers were the first ones who, to bring uh, citrus to the New World. This is the seed sister of this one. And they get as big as this one. We do have a pomelo in here too. Oh, this is a... This is another lemon. These are one of my favorites. These little, they're called Kishu mandarins. Kishu? Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of, uh, they're from China. And they are, um, they are similar to the regular um, mandarin. The, this is a, the satsuma, they're very similar, but a lot of people like them much, much better. That's the Mexican lime. These are, a lot of you are aware of the, the uh, kumquat. This is the nagami. And you've heard of, maybe not seen them on yet, but this is the finger lime. What? Huh? What? Finger lime. They, uh, the, the chefs really like it. And the reason is that they can peel this back and the vesicles are very large. And they shell them out onto a cracker or something that has a topping like uh, bruschetta or cheese or you know, cream cheese or whatever, and every time you bite into the cracker, you bite into a sparkling lime flavor. <laughs> and a vesicle is the, the smallest port that can, portion that contains the liquid? Pardon? What is a vesicle? The vesicle is those little uh, juice capsules that you see inside uh, different kinds of citrus fruit. In the, um, in the pomelo, which is this guy, uh, I think I've, yeah, no, I think I've got them mixed up. This is the pomelo, this is this, the mellow gold grapefruit that's crossed with a pomelo, and so is this one. Let's, uh, This one is mellow gold. This one is a red shaddock. It's also called a pomelo. Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, this this little satsuma got squashed. And 
Uh, I think this was not as big as the other mellow gold, and so I just I, I, I just went around picking them. This is a spring navel. This one is a um, as a regular Washington navel. This is a Shasta gold. Um, Shasta gold uh, mandarin. There are four golds. Uh, I used to have three of them. Um, and one of the things that I'm going to tell you about is what happened to my Shasta gold plant. Here's the bear's lime totally seedless lime. A lot of these citrus have three names. Uh, this one over here um, is called Buddha's Hand. It's called Fingered Citron. And it is also called Monkey's Hand. And it is very, it's one of the most ancient of all of the um, of all of the uh, fruits that we know. And um, it goes back to the time of Christ and before that, and they think that it came from India. And uh, so, it, you know, the, the, the Persian lime and bear's lime, same. The Mexican lime and the key lime, same. Only there is a variety of Mexican lime that is seedless and another one that has seeds. Uh, and there are some, some situations like that. Uh, so anyway, um, let's get started and, and go. And I'll go through this as quickly as I can. Okay. <laughs> So what I'd like to do is uh, first just bow our heads before the introduction. Dear Lord, we thank you for all the wonderful color and flavor and wonderful things that we can see with our eyes and taste with our mouth to bless us and to heal us and to give us the energy and the strength that you want us to have and to be able to share with others. Bless us each one as we um, listen and um, bless me to say the things that are important to this group and that will help them the most um, even though this is a limited um, kind of um, talk. So, bless us all, we pray, and all the others, and all of our loved ones, and those people we do not yet have contact with, help us to bless them in the future with your love and your gospel. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I had somebody call me. They used to work for me about 10 or 12 years ago. I'm a, by trade, 
I'm a periodontist. And <laughs> that has a, has a passion for citrus. And I do citrus for love and not for money. <laughs> and the reason is that I plan to hopefully be able to pay my taxes with the money that I earned, but with the cost of water and fertilizer and all the other things. And I don't, I, I grow um, organically, but I'm not certified. And in California, it costs about, about uh, if you ask Darren Greenfield, it is a situation where I think he pays $1,200 a year just to be certified. Yeah, and you have to pay that every year. You don't just pay it once. And, and they don't come out every year and check you. So anyway, I'm, I want to getting off subject here. I want to correct any misinformation that you might feel or have about me. I am not an expert. And uh, somebody said that an expert is a drip under pressure. Or <laughs> someone a hundred or more miles away from home <laughs> that has some slides and and uh, isn't afraid to get up in front of people. Well, I can't say that I'm glad to be up in front of people. <laughs> but um, I always used to talk to God about how I felt like I was like Moses and stumbled uh, over my speech. This is a, my good time of life, and I'm 82. So I used to feel very very inadequate. Anyway, uh, so, um, so in my 54 years of growing citrus, it's been a journey. And some people would say that I have one year of, 50, uh, uh, of experience 54 times. But I can tell you for sure that I've learned from my, uh, from my experiences even if, if I made a, a mistake uh, once every year, uh, there are 54 lessons that maybe you can learn. And I probably made them all. But um, anyway, this is a blossom of this fruit, the mellow gold. And the reason I put it up there, and then I realized that, that there's no comparison um, to the size of a, uh, you know, the, it just looks big, and it is. But it's about this big around. It's, it's huge, and it's very fragrant. And when you go past that tree, whoa, this is my wife's favorite fruit. Anyway, um, but compared to a mandarin blossom, Look at your little tiny fingernail. Some of them are really tiny. And the, the uh, kumquats um, are very, very tiny. So there's a lot of different kinds. So on the, on the 
Bellamander and Ranch, which is what we call the place that uh, I struggle with, <laughs> uh, there are 35 different varieties of citrus fruit. So I've had a bad experience probably with most of them. <laughs> okay, so the books that, uh, can we go on to the next, next slide? The books that I am um, um, going to uh, show you are the kind of the primers that I learned from. This is a great book for learning how to grow all kinds of uh, of fruits, vegetables, uh, I mean fruits, nuts, and um, berries. This is the first citrus book that I got, and it's by Richard Ray and Lance uh, Walheim, and this was published in 1980. And it's a really good book. And then the last, the last one, uh, which is, uh, is completely by um, Lance Walheim has, you can see all of these on the front are, are actually, um, they're all hybrids of kumquats. So they're crossed. Uh, this is a Mexican, I mean a useless lime. Uh, this is an orange, I think an orange quat um, this may be the um, the um, Indio Mandarin quat, and I don't, I don't think this is maybe a lemon quat, but I I don't know all of them. But those are the those are the things that I learned from. And the other thing that I had that I helped that helped me was a woman who worked at. Uh, um, it's called Willits and Newcomb Incorporated um, Citrus Nursery. And she was, uh, Helen w w had worked there 30 years. And so I would ask her questions and uh, I, I would um, um, find out what the best uh, citrus was and all. And she helped me a lot. Um, so as I, uh, in choosing the varieties and which ones tasted the best and so forth. So I, I took her uh, information and uh, utilized that. We have 12 kinds of oranges and 12 kinds of mandarins and the rests are all these other things. <laughs> um, if I can, you know, when, when you talk about real estate and you want to buy something, what do they tell you? Location. Right. That's what I should tell you when it comes to citrus. However, you can modify your location if you want to. Uh, you can go from, from uh, putting it, finding the location the location that works best for your plant or the kind of citrus you want to grow or you can buy a, a, a place that has the location that has a, a more expansive area. 
So uh, next, I, I, I'd like to put, the, oh, we have the growing regions up. This is, these are the growing regions in California. And these are called inland, and these are called coastal regions. And th this is uh, Arizona. By the way, Arizona was the first uh, mainland uh, place for um, citrus to be planted by one of, I can't remember the Spanish name of the, the, um, the monk or the um, priest that came uh, and planted it, but it was in Arizona somewhere, and it's not one of these cities that are named on here. But uh, it was in about 1706, if I remember right. Um, the first ones planted in the New World were when Columbus came over and he stopped in Haiti. And that's, I guess somebody said that that's his, was called Hispaniola at the, at the time. And um, they, they um, of course, when they were sailing so long, they had to have vitamin C. So I'm sure they had, <laughs> they brought fruit with them and they had seeds. <laughs> Most of them had seeds in those days. And so um, the, the English sailors, when they were sailing all over the world, they'd be gone for a couple years sometimes or more. And they would take what they called limes with them so they would not run out of vitamin C. In six months, if you don't get vitamin C type foods, and they were eating hardtack and different other kinds of things. Can you put the next one on, please? Anyway, they were eating all those things. And the English sailors got to be called limeys because they would, with their drink, and usually it was a hard drink, <laughs> they would put some lime in it. So here's, here's Texas, and, uh, and then you have the, they call this the Gulf, uh, Gulf States, uh, Gulf Coast, and then this, of course, is, um, is Florida. Most places in Florida you can grow, grow them. I was talking to some, somebody the, um, the other night, said that they live in Florida and they actually can grow mangoes. Whoa, wouldn't I like that? <laughs> So, um, so the growing regions we've, we've just covered. And uh, the next thing um, um, we will cover um, is going to be overall conditions. Your position in that region will make a difference as to whether you can uh, grow a certain kind of citrus in the state you're in. Um, the coastal areas, uh, depending on how close you are to the ocean, you can grow um, a cooler type of fruit. Um, do you think you have to really have high heat to ripen this? It'll taste sour nowhere, no matter where you <laughs> If you want to stop a, a band from playing, just have a lemon and be squeezing it and, <laughs> and making faces. And the, the, uh, the, the tuba guy and the, 
trombone guy and the trumpet guy will, will not be able to purse their lips. Their saliva glands will start flowing and they'll have to quit. So the climate's going to make a difference. And within your area, you'll find microclimates, thermal regions that are crazy. Um, I was talking with uh, Darren on the way down, and he was saying that there was somebody that could grow a lot of citrus at 2,600 feet. And I do know that not too far from Weimar, there is a periodontist and his wife that live in uh, Colfax, which is above Weimar. And it is, they have, they have a unique situation. Their house is up on the side of a hill. And I think it's kind of, if it's, it's a south, um, southeast exposure and then their garden is down low well that they can grow citrus up at the top and the rest of their stuff down below so uh, the elevation does make a difference uh, the higher of course usually the colder and um, the position on your land or your property or your home site uh, will make a difference. How many people are, are, are here because of their individual um, home site that they want to do or whatever? Can you raise your hand? Or that would be interested in just your local area? How many people would be interested in what we're talking about because they want to farm citrus? Anybody that here? There's one person. Okay, so farming citrus uh, is, um, you know, depending on what you want to farm, can, there are a lot of people in the valley, the central valley of California, that you, you can drive on I, um, Interstate 5 and you can see um, citrus orchards on the right or the east side of I-5, just one after the other. So, um, so the, the exposures, north, east, west, south, are all important. Air drainage is important. We'll talk about that a little later. And uh, the temperature range. Um, and the reason I have this here is you can do test, testing of your own place with this type of thermometer. It's a high-low thermometer. You can reset it. So you can, um, I'm going to see if I can start growing avocados. And I'm going to set out these, this type of thermometer. The reason that this one is in a thing like this is you can, you can uh, suspend it in here and tie a stick or a pencil or something on it. And it will be protected from rain and um, a direct sunlight. And you, f you could make it so it faces uh, north and you're not going to get direct sunlight on it. But it will tell you the high and low for that day. And it will stay that way until you punch clear. 
and it will do it in centigrade or Fahrenheit. So <clears throat> soil type is really important. Of course, most things grow better in a sandy loam soil. And um, it, uh, it really does make a difference as to what type of soil. Um, So zero in on the citrus type that you want to grow. Uh, the most important, usually for homeowners and cooks, is the wonderful old lemon. This is um, an Italian, no, a Lisbon lemon. This is an Italian lemon. And they can get, well, I have a picture of my daughter. It's about two-thirds of the size of her head. The longer they're on the tree, the um, bigger they get, and they seem to hold their um, actual uh, flavor, too. This is um, a Meyer lemon, and it's thought to be a, um, a cross between a regular lemon like these and a mandarin. And the longer, you notice how gold this is? goldish um, yellow. The inside is like that too. And uh, the longer it's, you know, it starts out green. See the tip of this one's almost green? It starts out green and then it keeps yellowing and yellowing and gets more uh, yellow and pretty soon it will get this gold orange color. And this is not as orange as they can get. This will, a lot of people like this because it does not keep them from playing their French horn or whatever <laughs> as much <laughs> because it's not as sour. And so this, uh, this lemon takes the least amount of sweetener to make it sweet. And the lemonade is the color kind of like this. It's very tasty. What's it called? A Meyer lemon. They call it they call it an improved Meyer lemon because the 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 place that uh, is the central place of of testing and cleaning fruit and and um, oh uh, cloning fruits, all kinds of things that they d can do now. Um, they, uh, they took it in, somebody took it in and cleaned it so they didn't have any viruses or bugs or anything like that. And then they started growing it, growing it and they called it the improved Meyer. It's no different than it really was originally except that you're free from diseases. One of the things you can do, and I don't, I think I've got the uh, uh, later on I have a slide of you can actually um, take a cutting and put it in the ground a lot of these and and um, this one I am presently doing you'll see a picture of it with roots on it just a piece about this long dipped in root hormone put in the water it's got roots about 
the longest one, root on it's about this long already. And the interesting thing is it has blooms too. Okay, so the citrons, which uh, the Buddha's hand is, and the ergot, um, they can go down to um, 32 degrees. And where mine are, apparently it doesn't get low enough to really bother them. And there I'm able to grow them. And the, and the Mexican lime, the little tiny guy here, where I don't, oh, it's up there. Uh, the little tiny guys, they're, they're big, they get bigger. They'll get big, almost as big as a lime if they have real good nutrition and all that. But they, they are very sensitive too. So the key lime pie and all that is made from that particular uh, one. Um, the, the thing that is going to um, make the, uh, the, the hardness, whole cold hardness test is going to be the kumquats. They are the, uh, the reason that some of these fruits have been crossed with kumquats is that it's the citrus that can go the lowest. And uh, one of the lowest growing ones as far as temperature, some people say that this satsuma can go down to 12 degrees, um, 15 degrees, and most often you'll hear that it can go down to 18 degrees. That doesn't mean you're going to get fruit if it goes that low. You may not even have leaves at first. Then it will regain. A lot of these places will get, uh, these citrus growing communities will get lows. And sometimes they're devastating. And they usually come from the north. And in 1991, um, we had a, north, a northern, um, came from Alaska, and it came clear from where we lived in the Sacramento region, clear to southern, the, it just seemed to cover the whole state. And uh, we went to visit my daughter, who was uh, going to school in Loma Linda at the time, and it traveled the 500 miles overnight. We were ahead of it. We parked the car and there were trees that shed their leaves, but they hadn't shed any in Southern California yet. We had a foot of leaves on the driveway the next morning and a foot of leaves on the car because that cold wave just came in and swept through the area. I, it was just before Christmas, and that's when we get a lot of our lows um, um, in December, January. And, and um, so I picked some, put some in the refrigerator, and when it came back, the fruit is more sensitive than the leaves and the rest of the tree. So when I came back, none of the fruit was any good. But the ones we had in the refrigerator were very good. Okay, so the high-low thermometer, we can, we can go, yeah. 
here's a good example of a high load thermometer. This one you have to shake down, uh, you know, and it, it will keep it as long as you don't shake it down. And it's very inexpensive. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I bought some online. I was going to bring them here and, and you know, give, it to, give them to you at cost if you wanted them. Um, but they didn't come in time, so. So make the fruit um, choices that fit your climate or your thermal belt or whatever. And lemons, like I said, are the best choice um, because they don't take as much um, heat. The things that take the most heat actually are um, the red grapefruits. Um, this, this mellow gold is kind of yellow inside. And this one is, the reason it's called Oro Blanco is that it's, um, it's usually white inside. Of the two where we grow, sometimes the, the mellow gold is, tastes the best and sometimes this one tastes the best. This one, this Oro Blanco is very sweet. Um, and the, the UC, UC uh, Riverside people, if you want to find out anything about different kinds of fruits, you can go on their site, UCR Citrus Varieties, and you can go through and look at all the different varieties. As far as Satsuma is concerned, there are over 200 varieties of Satsuma. <clears throat> Originally, they believed that they came from China. And these got to um, Japan, and the people there grew them, and that's why they bear the name Satsuma. It's a very prominent family name <coughs> in uh, Japan. Uh, this little Kishu comes from China. I think two of the top, uh, top ones. <coughs> I. I thought I brought, um, yeah, I think, I, I think this is it. This is a, called a gold nugget. It's the sweetest, um, it's the free to, sweetest uh, citrus that there is. If you know what brought Brex, uh, the, the Brex, uh, <coughs> bricks, I should say, the Brex number is, this one tops out at 17 and a half. I don't think there are any other fruit that goes, gets that sweet. At gold nugget. Anyway, it starts out tasting more like a uh, satsuma. The satsuma, this is the awari satsuma. <coughs> In our area, this is the one that is mostly grown. The reason is that it sets fruit, ripens by, you know, it sets fruit in April, May, uh, May, um, March, April, or blooms and sets fruit, and it'll have a fruit drop uh, because of heat or whatever, or lack of nourishment, 
and then the rest of the fruit usually will stay on and ripen by October, late October or November. Um, and November, December is the time when they pick. It's all over. They'll pick them and put them in refrigeration so they don't get the freeze. Because that freeze will sometimes come. So <clears throat> uh, the best growing soil is, is loam, of course, that holds the most water, gives the most nutrients, and, and um, will not uh, cause, pose uh, many problems for you. The sandy soils don't hold enough soil. And they may not have as much uh, in terms of nutrients. Um, if you don't have, if you don't have the proper soil, you can mound up soil and put a box around it. I've seen people do a one-foot box that covers a lot of sins. Um, <clears throat> They, they, they grow within the first two feet of the top of the soil, mostly. They are not a taproot type of tree. Yes? Do you plant these the Ellen White method as well? No, I don't plant them the Ellen, that was your question. Do I plant them by the Ellen White method? No. Why all ours died then? Pardon? All of ours died because we planted them the Ellen White method. Oh. Um, <clears throat> the, the situation is that you have to have uh, certain, certain kinds of things that happen. Okay. And let me, let me go over that in a, in a minute. <clears throat> so you can amend the soil or bring in soil from elsewhere and you can enclose it. You know, I've seen them that look like they were eight by eight. And or 10 by 10 or whatever, and, and they close the roots. And it depends on what size your tree's gonna be, and that's one of the decisions you're gonna have to make, because you can choose the size of your tree because of the rootstock that it's grafted on. So you can, this, you know, this is one of the ways that you can kill your tree, is put it in a container and it'll start growing well and it'll just be wonderful. But then it outgrows the container and you need to get, put it in a bigger container. And people don't take them out and, uh, and replant them or trim them, the roots or whatever. You know, if you, if you grow bonsai, and that's what I started doing when I was 14, they prune the roots and everything too. So, but this, this way you get drainage, you get soil that you need, and uh, this is another way. This is a mound and that's, uh, I, I think this would be better and more permanent. But when you, when you squeeze the soil, when it has some moisture in it, this will, the sandy loam will be um, somewhat crumbly, but it will make a, it will make a, uh, a clump. Sandy soil, uh, it, you, you can do, do that to it, but it's, it's gonna drain right out of your hand. My dad had 
uh, citrus in that kind of soil. And they grew well, but he had to fertilize them more often, and he had to, because that leaches down through the soil, he had to fertilize more often, he had to water more often, especially during the warm periods. And when you squeeze clay, there's a test for clay that you can use as a potter, and I'm a potter as well. You make a Tootsie Roll out of it, and you, and you curl it around, and when you curl it around, make a circle, it won't crack. The, the grains of, the grains of uh, particles are so small that, and there are other ingredients in it too, like kaolin and whatever, and they, they just stick together. And they hold water like crazy. And the water will run off, and it will hold water, and it'll kill your tree. Um, so they, it grows, and they grow in the top two feet anyway. So <clears throat> in planting your citrus, you know, if you... Um, can you go to the next slide, please? Uh, this, this tells you what's going on with your trees. Uh, the thing they need the most, and that is not in a lot of soils, is on the, on the, the far, your far left, um, those, three, those three leaves. Um, the one at the bottom is, has all the nitrogen it needs. This one in the middle, uh, it, it's lacking nitrogen. And when they're really yellow like that, um, they need nitrogen. And so you can, you, you can apply fertilizer and usually in a matter of two to four weeks, they'll start changing color. The other micronutrients that aren't usually there are iron. And the iron, iron when, when the iron is uh, depleted, uh, you'll see that the veins themselves are green, but the rest isn't. So the depletion is the bottom one or the top one? This is when it's completely good, yeah. And it will, with proper nitrogen, you're going to see it looking like that. Okay, and if if uh, if this this would be the zinc deficiency, you you can see the pattern is wider, but it's still yellow. Um, and this this one I think is probably the hardest one to tell. This is manganese. So uh, when you're planting your citrus, can we uh, go forward and see if we can? Yeah, that's the, that was the squeeze test. Uh, planting citrus. This is a picture from a place that produces um, a lot of, uh, they, their claim to fame was uh, Four Winds Dwarf Citrus. They, they noted that people, uh, like us everyday people, um, didn't have citrus in their backyard because um, standard citrus a lot of them get 20 to 30 feet tall. And that people didn't in their backyards didn't have room for that. 
So they looked for, uh, this is the rootstock, and this is the crown, and this is the cultivar or variety. That's, this is the graft union. The smoother this union is without a, a bump on it, the better. If it's straight up and down, that's the best one you can choose. You look down and you'll see, you'll see a difference in the, the texture of the bark and the texture of the stock. Most all of them are grafted. Yeah, I'm going to cover that. Uh, how tall do the dwarfs get? Um, the dwarfs get six to eight feet tall. They're very slow growing, however. And the satsuma, the satsuma is one of the slowest growing citrus that there is. So is it better to get the dwarf or get the regular? Well, there's a not one in between. It's called semi-dwarf. Okay. And they grow from about 10 to 12 to 15 feet. So this plant can die good for semi-dwarf? This plant can die here? This, what, what we're talking about here? Well, it, it doesn't matter. The tree, the tree has certain requirements, okay. okay? This is more Western planting. You see this thing here? Some people call that a berm. Some people call that a rill. Some people call it a dam, a moat, whatever you want to call it. That will hold the water and your tree will get enough water you know, you can run whatever in here and it'll fill up to here. But if during the rainy season, you can kill your tree by leaving your moat around it. Because yet this will fill up, this will be completely soggy and wet, uh, no matter what kind of soil you have. And in the first year, you can lose your tree. Or, or you know, worse yet, you got it. You know, somebody asked me, oh, yeah, they planted a tree, but it didn't do well, and my husband didn't bring it in during the cold and everything, and it died. Well, knowing what trees the citrus need is important. Uh, so if you got the proper soil to begin with, when you, you, know, when you choose the tree, you want to choose one that has uh, nice branches, maybe three, four, not more than five, and branches that you can hopefully uh, help to grow um, in improper um, spacing and, and all. But the main thing is you don't want a you don't want a bush that has so many little branches on it that there's no direction. You want one that has maybe three to five good ones. And if you can't find that, then choose the best of what is there and then train what it does have. But 
The other thing is the, the bud union. Usually these are bud grafted or tea grafted. They, they, cut, a, they cut a bud off. Ooh, I'm running out of time. We're going to have to rush. Okay, so you want it nice and smooth. You do not want, you do not want this under, uh, under the ground. If you plant it so that this is underground from, you know, up to here, the tree's not going to do well. And a lot of people plant plants that way. They plant them too deep. Now, uh, my mother was a really good gardener, and we used her ethnicity to give her a hard time. We said, uh, you know why Italians can't grow chickens? And she'd say, oh, I don't want to hear it. Because we'd come home with these jokes all the time. You know, the ethnic jokes that people are politically correct all the time now, and you can't say a joke. And my brother had a hard time because he worked for the state of California, and he'd tell, a, he'd tell jokes on himself. And, and so I'm FBI. That means full-blooded Italian. But anyway... We said, Mom, you know why Italians can't grow chickens? And she, she said, okay, I'll bite. She kind of cringed. She says, well, they plant them too deep, and they water them too much. And, uh, of course, they die, uh, even if it's a tree. So, um, so you, what you do is, if you, you usually will buy them in a container. Take it out of the container measure from here to maybe up here. It's better to plant too high than too low. You're better, you know, better have some roots exposed than this being down here. Because what's happened is you're, low, you're below grade. Here's grade. So they're really a, way above grade. But <clears throat> they can break this ground, you know, if you have poor soil and doesn't drain well, you can plant high and do this. So that whatever sprinkler or whatever you have is going to give it sufficient. And it needs to go out. Uh, the roots on a mature tree will be sometimes two to three feet beyond the um, drip line. So, uh, so let's go, yeah, this is real important. Cold air. This is cold air. It, it flows like water. And if you're on the north side, this would be the south side. If you're on the north side, you got shade for a lot of the day. You don't have sunshine and it's not as warm. The old timers, when the pioneers started looking for a place, they would, they would choose the south side of a hill. Why? Protect them from the north winds. Sunny and warm. And so, um, let's go to the next one. Um, you see, this is winter. You see where the shadows are? Shadows are going to be over here and on the north side. 
this is going to this is summer and you're going to get the warmest part of this house is going to be over here and that's where you want to plant if you if you have a, a choice yeah I planted in the uh, Pacific Northwest I planted tomatoes on this side I got ripe tomatoes but other people would brag about getting 200 pounds of tomatoes this year and then then they'd laugh and say yeah all green because they didn't get enough sunshine. So um, you can put a frame over them, put Christmas tree lights on, or a, um, um, incan another type of incandescent lamp, and you'll get nice, warm, um, nice warmth during um, the freezes. And that will, a lot of times, get you through a really extra low period. Um, this, is, this is a heat sink, and during the night, the heat's coming off and radiating from that to the tree. Okay, can we go on to the next one? So south slopes, oh, this is, this is a, you see this? See this hump? What do you think this is? Huh? That's a sucker. Yeah, that's the rootstock. Well, my dog decided he was going to catch all of the vermin around, and they would run up the tree when he'd come. So he'd bite the tree and shake it. Well, he injured this tree. It, it had this problem to begin with, and then he injured the tree, and I then wrapped it so that it would protect it and it survived. And this is the tree over here. It's a satsuma. But then this, because it was injured, it didn't fully uh, come out the way it should. So it started to come out, and I cut it off. And then I thought, well, it's doing so great, I should graft it over here and cut this part off. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay, um, so choosing the site is really important. Having a thermometer, um, we, we covered the size of the different trees and, and all. And I, uh, now we're, you know, we're open for questions. I made it through, huh? Can you repeat the question for the, um, whatever they, they do? Yes, I will. I will repeat the question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, if we had a zinc deficiency, what would be corrected? Well, there are, there are formulas that you can get. Uh, it doesn't take a lot, usually. Uh, if you have a zinc deficiency, what can you do uh, to correct it? And you can get f formulas for that. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Uh, do any of these have special heat? Uh, did we did we show the yes they do <laughs> did we show the um, there we go yeah there we go this is in in descending order this this is this is the most sensitive 
that's the lime. These, these are the most sensitive. And the ergot, uh, can we back it up uh, some more? It doesn't show the ergot. Back it up one more. Uh, I guess, here, here. This is the ergot and the Buddha's hand. This is the Buddha's hand. So this is the most sensitive. All of these, the grapefruit needs longer summer high heat most of the time, especially the red ones. What, what's, what's your question? I wasn't, I wasn't asking about the cold sensitivities. I was talking about heat requirement. Did, like the grape, the grapefruits require a lot of heat. Yes, uh, the, especially the red ones. Uh, the question was, does grapefruit require more heat? Uh, certain varieties of grapefruit do, whereas we 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 have we can grow the pomelos and the grapefruits, and I I have not tried a red type of grapefruit because where I lived before was an orange growing area, and we tried grapefruit and it was terrible, you know red ones and pink ones, they just don't get enough heat to to sweeten them up, yeah. But these don't seem to require as much heat. So, um, about watering, in irrigation, how often do you need to water citrus trees? Is it every day, yeah. every other day? It depends on what, um, how often do you need to water grape, uh, um, citrus trees? Do you need to water them every day or um, once a week or whatever? And that question is very important. It depends how much water you give your trees depends on the type of soil you have. And <clears throat> my dad used to water his on sandy soil a lot, very often, because it would just suck it in. So what the thing that you can do if you, if in, Unless you have an orchard, you can buy one of those moisture meters from one of the big box stores and you can just shove it into the soil and it will tell you. And they have too wet, too dry, whatever, you know, give you a, an idea. But air has to get to the roots as some of these other courses have. Uh, and if there's too much water and, and it's clay soil, you're not going to get any air to the roots, and they'll die. Whereas, if you water less often and you put mulch around it, and all you know, the mulch holds the moisture, and you don't wa have to water as often. So you'll have to test your own soil and determine what kind of soil you do have. Yes. I'm here in the coast in California, and I have a lemon tree. Um, it's on southern exposure. I don't get a whole many hours of sunlight, but the tree now had lemons. I probably got 20 small lemons on it, but now a lot of the leaves have dropped. Do I prune the tree back at this time, or do you prune lemon trees? Or no yeah, you do, but lemons usually grow vertical. They, they're notorious for just reaching for the sky. So the, the, the question is, uh, my lemon tree is dropping leaves um, and uh, it produced some lemons but they're small 
and then, and then they're, they're, the tree is losing leaves. First of all, you need to examine your leaves like we, we looked at those. Are they yellow? They probably are. Huh? It probably needs nitrogen more than anything else. So, and what you want to do is look at where's the root? Where's the crown? Is it low? A lot of times they are. Um, and so it, it needs to manufacture all of the neutrophil and I mean all of the, the uh, sugars and everything that it needs through its leaves. Citrus trees uh, uh, typically do not, um, um, they're not deciduous, although they're the, the kinds of rootstocks that they, that they um, are grafted onto are deciduous. But as long as there are leaves above, it seems to operate just like a regular citrus tree ought to. Um, well, what, uh, if you have a container, you measure this, and a lot, see, a lot of people will dig the hole so that it is way down here. And the loose soil that you put in, and you set this up here so that it's above, let's say that the soil line was here, you know, uh, this, this one, this soil line was clear up to where it should be. If this is loose under here uh, at the bottom and you water this, the whole tree is going to sink. So what, what I recommend, and they're starting to recommend this in the gardening books and everything, you can dig as far as you want outside the root ball. I only dig as far down as I want the tree to go because I, I've measured from here the, the, the crown of, the, of the, two, uh, the tree to the bottom where you have a good firm uh, uh, foundation. Sometimes this will be all uh, frazzly and you'll just see lots of roots. Make sure you measure down just to where the, it's nice and solid and when you set it down it's going to stay and not going to sink anymore okay so then you put it you only dig that far down in the center of the hole and then you put your tree on that and then backfill um, around it and it'll when you water it it'll still be at the original height that you wanted it to be at that's the mistake that most people make when they're planting trees. They, they dig too deep, and then the tree sinks, and they don't think about it, and they have a tree that's going to get too much water, especially in the rainy season. And, you know, if they're planted in a lawn or whatever else, they're going to get a lot more. Yes. Well, the growth period... When's the best time to plant a citrus tree? First of all, the best time to plant a citrus tree is after your frost period, okay? 
And in California, usually it is, in, in, especially in Northern California, it's usually um, the last freeze in March or the last freeze in April, depending on where you are. And that varies from year to year. But you can get an idea. You can, you, they tell us that we should not be planting our vegetables in the garden, especially like tomatoes and everything, until it's 60 degrees. And so <clears throat> the thing is, what you're doing is you're not getting, it's not going to be shocked by cold or frost or freezing by doing that. So you're going to give it a jump start. In most nurseries, they have them in covered areas and so forth, kind of uh, to protect them. And <clears throat> um, so I would do it at that time. Your first year, you're going to fertilize it maybe uh, every six weeks. And you stop just before fall comes. And the fall comes earlier or later. And <clears throat> what you're trying to do, you know, when you fertilize, that tree's going to grow. It just, it, it really takes off if it's in the right conditions, especially in the summertime and the spring and summer. It's, oh, it's just happy and get, wants to get really get growing. But the situation is that it will do that, but it will do it if you, uh, if you fertilize late in the year and it's, it's going to produce a lot of new young shoots that are going to, when the frost comes, it's, they're very tender and they're going to get zapped. Now, if the, the more mature the tree is, the better off you are. Because even if it zaps those little growth, um, you're, that new small growth is not going to be consequential. But the smaller the tree is, the more it is. Question? The best time to prune is before the growth spurt in the spring. You can do it winter pruning and so so right now is a good time to to prune and right up to before it starts to grow again. And that's the best time to start fertilizing before it needs the new um, nutrients. Okay? And then you keep doing this fertilization after that. Yes, sir? Is there a form of fertilizer that you like, like granular fertilizer liquid? I've been using um, uh, sawdust or, or, um, uh, or rice hulls with um, horse manure and stuff like that in it especially if it's composted. Um, <clears throat> and test your soil. Um, you can test your soil and see what, what you're lacking. In my soil, we're, we're a little down on uh, sodium. So I can use C90. Do you know what C90 is? 
the question is, you know, what's the best soil or fertilizer? And uh, C90 is harvested salt from the most pristine water from the ocean. And it has a 92 different minerals in it. And it will sweet, you know, it will sweeten your fruit like in, in your vegetables and all kinds of stuff like you never thought. I've never done that, no. I don't know if um, that is the case um, or can be used that way. We're, we're supposed to be out of time, but uh, I will entertain a couple more questions here. The yes? The most cold hardy? Conquats? Mandarins. Let's go back to that slide. Okay, uh, kumquats are down here. Okay. This, these are, um, here is lime. This is lemon. The ergots and the, uh, uh, and the Buddha's hand are the even more sensitive. Lemons and limes are the most sensitive. Then we've got pomelos. Then uh, grapefruit, then sweet oranges, then mandarins, and then kumquats. The kumquat, um, uh, tangelo, and all these other um, hybrids, they fit in between or in this area. Uh, let me, let me, um, I can tell you where the, some of these other ones uh, fit in. Okay, so, so citron, lime, lemon, grapefruit, pomelo, sweet orange, then mandarin, kumquat. In between mandarin and kumquat, you have Meyer lemon, you have Rangspore lime, you have Kalamondan, you have the Satsuma Mandarin, and you have uh, the Mandarin Kumquat crosses and lemon, lime, whatever crosses that will fit in that spot between Mandarins and Kumquats. One more question? Yeah. I, I, that I can't tell you at this point. I, I'm not, uh, they, uh, in the books they may talk to that, but I, um, I have not, I do not remember that being a, a particular problem. One more question and I think we better cut it off. Uh, scale is one of the most uh, common pests. Um, we have the citrus psyllid in California that can, um, can spread uh, Hulong Bong disease or the, that comes from China 
and it's in lots of countries now. Mexico, Florida, California, Texas. Uh, a lot of Florida's citrus are doomed. They're, yeah, most of their citrus is um, mostly juice orange, but I, um, they can get cold, really cold snaps in Florida too. The question is, the citrus, what, what kind of citrus pests, uh, you know, there's cotton cushiony uh, scale. You know, what that has to do with um, one thing that w I, we didn't talk about too much, and that is pruning. The, the citrus teas need sunshine and air. So you need to cut out the cross branches and cut out branches that are crowding each other from um, the different limbs and things. And the, the denser it is, the more diseases you're going to have because the, of lack of sunshine and air circulation. Uh, I know that there is a, for, for some of these scales, there are pests, there are uh, kinds of wasps that are released. And I have done that. I don't have usually the kind of um, scale that those eat, um, brown, brown scale, red scale. Um, I get some black scale and some cottony cush cushiony scale. Um, if you can, you just rub it off uh, or on the cotton cushiony scale and you'll see it. It looks white and if you try to rub it off, it's squishy and orangish under underneath. I just take a high pressure um, nozzle and usually that will just wipe it out and drop it to the ground and you know, don't have trouble with it, but it seems to be uh, it seems, you know, having the scale seems to be where the sun and the air doesn't get to it. Can you compare the Lisbon lemon to, what's the um, advantages to Lisbon lemon? Well, the, the Lisbon lemon, um, it's more cold hardy and uh, it has a good juice. Um, the I don't find a, a real difference between that and the Italian lemon. Only uh, I think that it's more pungent in, uh, in aroma maybe. And they do make limoncello out of it. <laughs> Thank you and uh, you've, you've been a very good audience and I've, I've appreciated your, your response. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.